0: You're listening to the Podcast Detroit Network. Visit www.podcastdetroit.com for more information.
1: Welcome to the Morning Startup, where we believe you can develop neural pathways that will awaken you to a full heart and clear mind. Live with joy, health, and success. I'm your host, Michael Oliver, and I'm joined by my co hosts, Deborah Dyek and Maria Gosher. Hey, welcome back. Yeah, so uh, I really was digging last week. I mean, we really started off on some good conversations. For those of you that are just joining us and have an opportunity to listen to our podcast last week, we're breaking down the book by Donald Miller, uh, who's well known for, he's a very good writer. He started out in the world of uh, script writing and screenwriting and moved into books. And uh, he has a brand called Story Brand that talks about marketing products and how you can do that successfully. And he wrote a book, Million Miles in a Thousand Years. And Maria had an opportunity to read that book. And as the three of us always do, we always share with each other what we're doing and what we're reading and what we're discovering. And Maria shared that last week. And as a result, we thought it'd be cool to do a podcast on it. We've got into some great conversation about it last week. And we thought near the end of the podcast that we would continue it this week because I think it has a lot of value. Uh, We left off last week talking about change and how people get embedded in change and as a result don't do it and their negativity um, by design or otherwise drives them into kind of a a, a a repeating cycle and it's more difficult to get out and i had thrown the question out to maria that in her reading of don miller's book if he experienced that because this all was driven by the idea of no pain no gain the journey to joy. And, and we start out with a conversation, you know, do you really have to go through pain or discomfort in order to be in a place of joy? And we talked all about that. So if you want to get that background, you can tune into last week's podcast and kind of get the, the framework for that. Um, but uh, I, we, we left off at that piece of change and, um, and in real, I'll, I'll toss it back to you. This idea about some of the things you discovered in Don's journey Um is it, it was he experiencing pain and how he defined that in order to get to a place where he is now?
0: Yeah, he used a lot of uh, different examples. Um, there's just so many good people mentioned in the book. Um, he talks <laughs> about Stephen Pressfield. If, if you're not familiar with him, he he focus. He has a book called The War of Art, where he talks about resistance and people face resistance. We were we kind of left off last week on talking about when you're stuck. How do you get out of that
2: stuckness? Mm-hmm.
0: And sometimes uh, Pressfield talks about if you hit resistance, that means you're going in the right direction because nothing should be easy.
1: Um, oh, that's interesting.
0: And then in the book, uh, in Miller's book, uh, I'm going to do a quote here. Uh, he says, um, contrary to Freud's, Sigmund Freud, the psychologist, uh, he position that uh, the man's greatest pursuit is of pleasure. And Viktor Frankl, who is um, another author, he was really well known for uh, his book, Man's Search for Meaning. He was in the Holocaust, and he helped people basically, um, you know, find joy within that terrible experience. Um, and he helped a lot of people, you know, not commit suicide and things like that. Um, but Frankl argued that uh, life is a pursuit of meaning, not pleasure. And that search for meaning provides the basis for a person's motivation. and um, Frankel talks about um, it's not in the book, but I've, I've seen his talks and stuff. He, he talks about the analogy of crabbing, um, where, in I guess, like if you're a pilot, uh, you do crabbing. So, like, if you want to hit, like, here's the baseline, you want to get here, but you actually have to fly up here in order to reach this point because of the way the wind is or something in the skies. So, you have to aim higher to actually get to where the. Oh. the- Right. where you want to get. And so, um, so I thought that was interesting and kind of tie all that in about, you know, search for meaning and aiming higher than what you think that you can do. Um, does that get you unstuck? Um, what are your thoughts on that? I think, I think it definitely plays an important role. Um, I think it's hard to do though. Um,
2: I think that meaning is um, something that sustains us that if you are just seeking pleasure or only, that's hedonistic and, and that's ephemeral. I mean, that that is isn't something that is going to mean anything in two days. I think when people yeah. are striving for pleasure, once they get it, it's like, well, done that, check. It, and it isn't something that really is a purpose-driven mm-hmm. thing. But when you find out your purpose, I I think that that's the truth. A couple of statements that you sent to us earlier, a quote Mm -hmm. that I really, really like, and and I'll throw it back to you and Michael to to share your thoughts on it, but it's along the lines. It -hmm. said, it made me wonder if the reasons our life seems so muddled is because we keep walking into scenes Mm -hmm. in which we, along with the people around us, have no clear idea of what we want.
0: Mm-hmm. And I think that's
2: the heart. What are your thoughts, you and Michael, on that? Because yeah. I think that
0: speaks to that. Yeah. Um, that kinda, last week, you had a good analogy, Deb, of kind of a movie and you write your own script. Um, yeah. So if I can picture walking into scenes and I don't know what I want, there's kind of no script going on. We're just like hanging out. You know? exactly. And that would be like a really boring scene to watch. Uh, if you know, if I was the person watching the film, um, but yeah, it's really interesting. Um, Michael, you have any thoughts on that? It's a meaning I... feeds your soul. Yeah, say
1: that again, Deb.
2: Meaning feeds your soul. The yeah. other just feeds the body, but right. the the soul is fed when you are when you are addressing the meaning, the purpose of your life. That's feeding your soul. So yeah. I
1: think that is such an interesting. That is very interesting to me because we that's cool when you know that, yeah. like the, but to step back from that is how do you know that? Like I think, and I don't, you know, I haven't done a study on this wow. or anything, but I think I look at the majority of people in, in what they do. So one thing, the majority of people actually identify a lot of who they are by the work that they do. But I also know know that a lot of people do the work they do because they happen to fall in it versus then planning it. So here's an example. Good Um,
0: point.
1: Maybe I I start a job that I'm working, that I'm not really interested in, but I'm working my way through school to do that job. Um, Maybe I, I keep that job after graduation. I'm having a hard time finding a job in the field that I want. They start promoting me. I start making some more money. So I'm going to stick around a little bit, but then I meet someone, I have a family or I get, I move out or I get responsibilities. So now I have financial responsibilities. So now I'm, I'm not really finding a job that is going to pay me what I need, but the job I'm on does pay me what I need. So before I know it, six years passed or 10 years passed. So now I've got some time in the company, which I don't want to throw away. And before I know it, I turn around, I've got maybe... Twelve years in or fifteen years in, and I know that seems like a long time, but you, all three of us, know that goes by very quickly. And then that's just what I do for my job. It's not my passion. It's not my meaning. Meaning in, and someone will, and, and I and I will. I would bet that if you ask most people, what is what is your meaning in life, or what's your passion in life, I think that they would pause on that. Like there's some people yeah. might say like. Well, my passion is X. Like, um, maybe a pro sports person would say, "I've always wanted to play hockey, or I always wanted to play soccer, and and I did that since I was a kid. And that's my passion. I love it." Or a musician that works as a waiter and writes songs and plays music and travels around, and that's their passion, and they're willing to make those sacrifices. But I think those are few, rather than the majority. And I think if the majority of people you ask them what what is their passion? what What do they really feel connected to? They they may be able to tell you that in one on one side of that, but the flip side of that is, well, yeah, but I really can't make a living doing that, so I'm doing this work because it feeds my family. And ex- mm. do you know what I mean? I mean, you I know you're on a
2: very critical point. The job, the the tool to get to your meaning should not be mm. your passion. The job that you're working at 12 years is a way for you to feed yourself with physical food and to take care of your family and shelter. And that is a a tool, the opportunity to help you either build up money or to transition. But I think the starting point, going back to one of the touchstones would be mindfulness to the true way to find meaning in your life is is to be able to look at yourself right at the moment but most of us live thinking about we're never thinking about the current moment That's we're right. thinking about where we were yesterday that got us here and when we retire when i retire i'm going to yeah. when, in 10 years from now i'm going to instead of looking at here right now learning to go within and love yourself connect with who you are, and then you find your real purpose. But most of us don't realize that we are bodies that has a soul or, or whatever you want to call it from your, your system, that um, your belief system. But we don't take the time to really tap into our true selves to find out what our, our really our, our purpose is that we think of our purpose as what we're doing? Our work becomes our life, and our work becomes um, our meaning. When when that is not true, yeah. necessarily, like you said, there are a few a few people who are able, like people who write, sing, are doing their passion. But you need to love yourself and know that about you first.
0: Yeah. I think um, some people that fall into, let's say, a job as the tool, like you mentioned, to get to a certain place, I think some people can lose sight Absolutely. of where they're going. So kind of like going back to the walking into a meaningless scene, um, you know, they might stay in that place because they don't have a plan of how to get out of there. Exactly. They get kind of stuck in the monotony of, of everyday life. And going back to with the mo- movie analogy, too, is if we're the director of our own movie, let's say, um, who are we casting in the movie? I think, oh, good. I think a lot of people, and I've been in there at times in my life where I'm surrounding myself with people that are stuck in their stories of meaninglessness. Yeah. And I get like, you know, engulfed in that. And, you know, you, they say, you know, you are who you surround yourself by or something like that. Um, But, you know, surrounding yourself by, with people that are very, they know where they're going and they can encourage you and and guide you. Like that was a big theme in the book is meeting people to guide you through your story. Because you're the hero of your own story and kind of like the Luke Skywalker and the Yoda relationship as the guide. But Luke Skywalker is actually the hero and he was the messed up character in the beginning. (laughs) Right. Formed into, you know, uh, his himself. and that requires knowing yourself,
2: and I and I don't mean to keep going back to it, but again, once you do take that deep dive and learn to know who you are, and and to accept who you are, um, then you can start surrounding yourself with the people who are like minded who are going to move you forward.
1: Well, I think that's a really good point. It leads me to thinking about that's, and you you mentioned this just a minute ago, as far as the touchstone of mindfulness. But I think that that's what the accumulation of the touchstones are designed to do in the work that we're doing as as a company, is to help people reach that state of joy through the practice of the mindstones, uh, mindstones, through the touchstones, right? Because that's that's what we want. It's almost necessary for you to do an inner reflection. We're always reflecting out, thinking about the past or the future we're not we're missing what's happening in 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 the now which we all know at least intellectually that that is the only place we can actually really exist right but yet we spend very little time there
0: mm-hmm. it's so
1: weird it's so weird to to spend thinking about that because thinking about the past or the future seems seems so present but it's an illusion
0: right right which
1: is the whole duality thing right
0: yeah there's this, um, I'm going to butcher the analogy, of, <laughs> but um, someone once told me that, okay, here's the scene. There's uh, a guy looking around, it's it's at night, and there's a guy looking around a lamppost for something. And a police officer comes over and says, hey, what are you looking for? And he's like, I'm looking for my keys. And uh, the officer is like, well, you know, did, did you drop them around here, around this lighted lamppost? And he's like, no, I I'm pretty sure I dropped it down over there in some dark alley of some sort. And he's like, why are you looking for your keys over here? And the guy was like, cause it's easier. And, and so the analogy is that it's easy to look at things that are just light and, and easy. Um, and a lot of people don't want to go to the dark places to look at the hard stuff, but I think you have to go there in order to know who you are. Um, well, I like that. It's
2: easier not to look, right? Yeah. It is. It's easier not to take the time. It's just easier to go. What was a great saying I heard? And the... I'm going to butcher this one too, but it <laughs> relates to what you're saying. It's 10 it's, years ago, I turned my head and that was the rest of my life. Wow. Meaning you don't, you're not even aware that you're living, mm-hmm. that you just go day to day, get up, go to work, go back, eat go to bed get up go to work mm-hmm. and and you totally lose your life mm-hmm. you've yeah. lost your whole life
1: yeah you make a good you make a good good point you both know ryan um i was talking to ryan the other day i know our audience doesn't know ryan but that doesn't really matter but ryan um was he's going to be 30 this year mm-hmm. and ryan you know kind of We've known Ryan a long time. He was at the college where where we're at. He played sports and he, he was a younger guy. And 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 here we're talking another six, seven years. And he just said to me the other day we were talking, and he says, Michael, I go, what, Ryan? He goes, I just realized something. And I go, like, what? He goes, I'm turning 30. <laughs> And, and he goes too
2: when I was that age. Yeah,
1: and I and, and I'm like,
0: well, how <laughs> do you feel?
1: How do you feel about that? And he's like, I don't know. He goes, I I'm thinking about what I really accomplished, and and I'm not really sure what that is like. And mm-hmm. but but right there, that right there yeah, is yeah. the beginning of the reflection. Yeah,
0: mm-hmm. that
1: right there. And I said to him, I go, Ryan, that is a great place to start in your inner reflection and to reframe that it's not everything that you've done in your life up to this point contributed you to being at this point. Right. And, And you can't take, like, I didn't do anything. It's like, you've done a lot. Let's take a look at it. But anyways... I'm just picking up on what you, Deb, where the idea turn your head, and I'm sure our listening audience can think many times where they're like, oh, my God, I, you're right. It's just, geez, I, I thought I had I I thought I had all the time in the world to kind of figure this out, and here I am mm-hmm. later in life with it not figured out.
2: Well, most of us go day-to-day very mindlessly. Mm-hmm. We're not mindful at all. No, autopilot. We're, we're mindless, and, and not, not in an idiotic way. I right. just mean that we're numb. We're not awake to who we are, our potential. People just sit back and accept what other directors are telling them and and what others are writing. They're allowing other people to write their script and direct. When people, um, it's just sad to me that there's so much talent out there, there's so much potential for positive change, so many good things, but people don't believe that they are the directors and the script writers. You know that,
1: I I, I used to give a talk where I would talk about how we're trained to be told what to do. We are. And Mm -hmm. so if you, you know, just real briefly, and I know everybody can identify with this and necessary at some point, right? When you have, when you're being raised, you're being told when to eat, what to wear, what time to get up, what time to study, what time to be in the house what time to go to bed. And then that direction is given to you year after year after year. Then you get a little little bit older and you go to a job and you're told what time to be there. You're told what time the your breaks education. are. You're told what time to eat and you're told what time you're there to leave. And so you get, you know, most people get used to waiting to be told, What to do, so then when you ask someone, even and I know all three of us had this experience, when you say something, what are your thoughts on that? What do you think? I mean, when I used to teach, I used to ask my class, Are we talking about something? I go, What are your thoughts in silence? It was just like, I don't know, I don't know, like, I don't know.
0: Yeah, yeah, I think that's right. E like, in order to kind of get past that, you have to be willing or you have to. have curiosity of some sort. Yes. Right. In order to get yeah, out a of key it. word, right.
2: Yeah.
0: Monotony of everyone's telling me what to do. At some point you have to say, does it have to be like this? Right. You know, like <laughs> right. who was the person
2: you were talking about earlier, Maria? We had a conversation, I think it was maybe we did discuss it last week, yeah. but about someone saying. Um, presenting things online, saying that you are, you can be your own teacher, you can learn. Ollie. Yeah, yeah. Okay, and, and I think that um, it's getting better in education. I have to say it is getting better. The curriculum is changing where critical thinking has become uh, got, returning, but I, I know that because we have to cram so much in the day, what you were saying, Michael, is absolutely true. We have to cram. We have to have this content. We have to cover A to Z today, and and so we don't allow for that exploration. And people need to take time in their lives mm-hmm. to have that exploration to learn who they are, mm-hmm. talk with themselves. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah. Um, gosh, there's so much, so much stuff we could talk about. Um, we don't have so, probably a lot of time left, right? Or
1: we got about five. We have about five minutes. Well, I love the
0: one saying that you did send too, which
2: add it's it's a it's it's adding to what the other statement. But it just said if you want to know what a person's story is about, just mm. ask them what they want. Yeah, and I thought, wow.
0: Yeah, and and I think everyone does want something, even if they're afraid to admit it. I think people often only share what they want if they know they can achieve it
1: yes oh
0: my goodness yes, <laughs> yes. <laughs> like i have a lot of things and big goals but you know like i probably wouldn't share it because it's like maria you know that's the negative of self-taught like you're never gonna make that happen you know but i want certain things you know um, or to have
2: people say how that how's that going how's it yeah. going for you and it's like well you know i i haven't started it yet or it isn't you know it's not where we want it yet but you know, but the yet word is the most important word in that statement, yep. it's not where we want it yet. Yeah, so if people could start thinking like that, you know, like it's the mindset you used to teach, Michael,
1: right? You know, right. that
2: if you have your mindset that I'm growth mindset, I can do this, but it's not the way I want it yet, it means yeah. you're moving towards it.
0: Yeah, there's um, I'm reading another book called Atomic Habits, and I know, Michael, I think you've read this, yes. Like, uh, yep. But they talk about that kind of that intrinsic thing to get change to happen. So, for example, the the choice of words, if someone, let's say, offered someone like a cigarette and you know the person says, oh, I, I quit. You know, I don't smoke anymore. They still internally see themselves as a smoker um, versus someone who says, I'm not a smoker. You know, and, and oh, yes. that yeah. is internalizing, believing that they are a certain person, even if they're not there yet um I don't know if that makes sense yeah uh, language that matters behave yep. language oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, you, yeah, think about it and speak it, will kind of motivate your actions. I thought that was interesting and absolutely that's a that's
2: a great point, I think in order to make significant change in your life, if you feel it's necessary because we are perfect as we are and and we may want to change some things about our life, but you have to believe, mm-hmm. Right. right. You have the ability and and know that little by little, it may not happen overnight, but little by little, if you keep the persistence, is the thing. Consistency, persistence. Like if you want to write a novel, it's not going to happen overnight, but if you wrote even a page every day, you might have a novel in a year.
0: Yeah. And like with the novel, like someone might have a goal to write a novel, but you would internalize it as like, I'm a writer instead of I'm going to write a novel. Absolutely. Right. Then right. you're you have achievable. After, yeah, <laughs> achieve, yeah. Right. After the novel, you might want to write another novel. So right. but you already have this habit of I'm a writer. And so um you just continue forward with that behavior. But language, really? yeah, so interesting. It is. And yeah. to believe because I had a family. Um
2: I guess I can say it now, but I had a family that that wasn't very supportive. And when I said I was going to do something and it actually manifested, it happened, it was, oh, oh, we knew you could do that. And it's like, good, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) but you know, you have to have that intrinsic motivation you're talking about because it can't come from outside right mm-hmm. because that that can change in a heartbeat people are fickle mm-hmm. so if you, if you do achieve it's like i knew you could do it if you don't right. achieve <laughs> i knew you wouldn't make it right right yeah that is <laughs> <attractive>. yeah. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah
1: yeah you know there's a good book out by uh richard bandler called he wrote it years ago i i don't know i probably in the 80s it's called frogs into Princes. princes oh. uh frogs into princes uh by richard bandler and that that book talks about the NLP stuff, the neuro-linguistic programming um, stuff that talks about language. So I'm just picking it up because of what you said. Um, Tony Robbins made NLP a household word. You know, Tony Robbins was this, everybody knows who, big motivational guy, but he really, yeah, but he he took the idea, but his whole foundation was built on neuro-linguistic programming, which came from from Bandler, but that book is really—it's a very easy read, but it talks about language, Deb, just what you're saying and how you frame your language to make a difference in in your outcomes. So, mm-hmm. um, good stuff. Yeah. Good I guess that would
0: make sense because language is everyone has language. I mean, that's such a big part of our life, so it makes sense that, that it's so important.
1: Yeah, more, and, there
0: more than we
2: even know, and which we'll get into when we get into sound. But anyway, that's a, that's a whole... Yeah so, yeah, so just, yeah. yeah,
1: so tease us, just tease, we, we got a few minutes left, but just tease me a little bit with that. Okay. Tease our audience a little bit with that, All about right. words and sound.
2: Words yeah. are connected to frequencies, and and they have more meaning than we realize. For example, we know om is, is a, a spiritual word, and it, it is a place of peace, home for example, is a, is a word where we live and we live in home. We live at home and there are many, and this is, I mean, I'm not trying to push this on everyone, but there are many people who do chanting and they find that chanting um, actually resets your whole um, nervous system and it, it, it helps build up the immune system and it makes us healthy by chanting certain names, and even though we may not know the meaning, the connection to the words themselves, the chants connecting to those magical frequencies, causes us to um, become more healthy. And this is all
1: based. And this is all based in science, isn't yeah, it? Though? It's all science. Based, I mean, this isn't right. just some um, right things that people just pick right. about to talk about. I mean, it is is actually based in science. Where they've done research on. Frequencies and the, it affects oh, on the. the well, there's so much in
2: hospitals where they're using ultrasound, for example. That yep. came from the study of the sound that they realized that certain sounds um, heal, certain sounds can detect, certain sounds and frequencies are able to heal, and also conversely, they're able to hurt. Sure. Um, sure if they're done incorrectly, and we need to be very mindful and careful of frequencies and sounds when using them to heal. But there is so much with sound. Sound will be the healers of, all sound will be uh, the healers who use sound of, of the future, and even now. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I think medicine will be getting, I think Michael, you were even talking about the, the coronavirus. There is an opportunity. We know that there are certain frequencies that help take away migraine headaches. There are certain frequencies that take yeah. away diseases. Yeah. That there will be one. I believe there are frequencies that could break up the coronavirus, I, and, and I do believe that. And only time will tell. But I do believe that the healers well, will be those who understand sound yeah. frequencies.
1: I agree with you. I think that. um, we know that everything vibrates. Everything's a vibration. So that's a vibration as well. I find it interesting that, that scientists know that, but I don't, I don't know. That's a whole other story. But, but to your point, and, and I had brought it up earlier, I really do think that um, uh, we look at uh, the vibration of something, and as much as we can use vibration to heal, we can also use it to destroy those things are, that aren't aren't that are unhealthy for us. And there there has been there has been research on this. This is not there.
2: Very much physics and, has oh, has proven physics well, has proven that everything is vibrating.
1: There was a um, there was a study done, and, and well, I'll tell you, I'll get it when we're going to be doing some stuff on sound uh, in our podcasting. So I like everybody to to know that. And I'll, I will get the reference for this for everybody, but I'll talk about it just for one minute, very generally. There was a neurosurgeon, very well known, that did a very well known study, where a woman had a tumor. I don't know the type, but I'll I'll, I'll get all this and share it with in, in the notes. But um, actually, did um, a sound frequency treatment that destroyed that tumor.
0: Absolutely.
1: And it's all, I and, and it, it, oh, and I'm remembering it was a Ted talk. It was yeah. on a Ted talk. Yeah. And so I'll share that Ted talk in the notes. And I'd like everyone to look at it because it's absolutely fascinating about how they did the study about this woman who had a tumor and this doctor that used sound to treat the tumor and destroyed it.
2: Well, this and might be was, a nice segue, but um, I am very full of joy to say that WA, those of you who practice yoga or are into Kirtan music and healing, uh, the art of healing sound, um, that our morning startup is going to have WA as a a guest. And it's spelled W-A-H. And I encourage you to look her up and listen to her music. And we'll let you know when she's coming. But I'm really excited to have her. And she's going to talk about... Uh, the healing of humming of, of self-healing and also external and how it's so universal and all the goodness with with song yeah you want
1: to keep you want to keep tuned to uh, stay plugged into us because <laughs> no pun intended but uh, because we're gonna we'll be bringing Wa on shortly probably within the next month, uh, if not sooner um, and as an international national well-known musician, Healer, sound person. I think she'd be. She's going to be very fascinating to to have a conversation with us. So stay tuned for that. Uh, anything else, guys, before we wrap for today?
0: Um, no. I, I mean, yeah, we could talk. We could talk all day. Uh, um, yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> yep. So, just oh, keep cool. on keeping on. Just yeah. it. <laughs> keep believing. Yeah. Just believe. Write your, write your good script in your life.
1: Love it. thanks guys. really appreciate it. We'll look forward to seeing you next uh, the week after next, so yeah. or next week, right because this yeah. this second episode. so we'll see you next week. Take care, everybody. Enjoy your week. God bless